Welcome to Family First, the wild world of marketing to parents. My name is Mark Giovino, CEO and founder at the Alliance Group. I'd like to welcome Lance Black to this episode of Family First. After receiving his undergrad and graduate degrees from BYU, Lance started his career as a web developer, followed by a 20-year career as a partner and CEO at EKR, a full-service agency at the intersection of brand design, technology, and digital marketing. No doubt this experience has served him well in his current role as founding partner and VP of marketing at Gab Wireless. Those that know him best use words like integrity, loyalty, and ethics to describe him. He often describes himself first as a husband and father. Lance, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Let's start with family first. Tell us about your family, how many kids, and what are their ages? Somehow my wife and I ended up with six kids, and I'm amazed at that when I look back, and I just tell people, well, I got them one at a time, <laughs> and before long, we had six. Married my high school sweetheart. She's amazing. We recently celebrated 33 years together. And Congratulations. We have, thank you. My oldest is 31, and my baby boy, who may be my favorite, <laughs> he's 19. The best part is we have four grandchildren. And number five is on the way. They all live close by us and we're just living the family dream for sure, Mark. That's great. How has being a parent, and I guess a grandparent, as you just shared with us, influenced your perspective as a marketer? That's a great question. Having raised three daughters and three sons, and I might be leaning more towards my daughters here, but uh, I've learned that they have a great influence on what the things I bought and the things that I did. Everything from whatever brands we bought as in the family to what vacations we went on. And, and so I think, you know, what have I learned in marketing by being a parent is that parents were influenced by our kids, right? I think I read somewhere where nine out of 10 parents say that their kids influence the purchase decisions that they make. Uh, as a parent of three daughters, I could rarely say no to them. <laughs> and even to this day, if they ask for something, I'm pretty influenced there. If you're a dad, you know what I mean. Our, our kids have us kind of wrapped around their fingers. At Gab, we're a brand where parents make the decision, but kids strongly influence that decision. And, and so we spend a lot of time about building product fit where kids think it's cool and they want it. Uh, and they would encourage their parents to get our products and services. So that's probably the key way is just realizing, you know, even though we don't in this company strategically market to kids, we use our product to sell it from kid to kid and kind of have those conversations. But knowing that those conversations will go up the ladder to the parents and the parents will make the final decision. Well, it's an interesting point you make too. Is there a distinction to be made between marketing to parents versus marketing to kids. It sounds like there is, or is it sometimes blended perhaps in the spirit of marketing to families? How do you approach that distinction and how do you define or think about that when you're building out your plans and thinking about how to reach that audience? A lot of the channels that we use, which you could guess what those channels are, right? The channels that a lot of D2C companies use are specifically targeted towards parents and we're no different. We're out of Salt Lake City here. That's where we've been founded. Because we wanted to really influence our backyard, we did a heavy, early on in the early days in like 19 and 20, we did a heavy billboard promotion. And, and we know as marketers, all the reasons that that's difficult from a measurement standpoint and all of that. But I'll tell you, some of the numbers around conversion rate and awareness and brand awareness here locally in the Utah market, because of those billboards, 
has allowed us to really excel here in our backyard. But because of that visual advertising medium, we've been able to showcase our product. Like when we came out with our watch a couple of years into our business, it was unique and nobody was doing anything like it. And a kid, you know, Kids and parents drive up and down the freeway. And uh, and so a kid could see that and say, oh my gosh, mom, I want that. Or dad, I want that. So, you know, there's some ways that we market that way. But our best marketing is a fourth grader who has our watch and they're in the school or they're in the neighborhood or they're in their play group or their peer group. And, they're, and then, you know, with, <laughs> we see time after time after time within X number of weeks that there's another kid that has one and then another kid and pretty soon all the friend group has it. So we're careful as a brand to not overmarket to kids. We want to build a relationship of trust with the parent and we, we're a trusted brand. We don't want to come in sideways or wrongly influence a child there from a marketing message. We heavily market to parents and then we build great products that kids talk about. And there's also a lot of things around screen time and just kids can become even better when they're not on their screen. And a lot of progressive kids, if you will, that are, are recognize there's challenges with tech or early adopters of our technology and like, yeah, I don't want to be glued to my screen. I don't want to be a zombie. And so in that way, we market to kids. But yeah, there's a distinction for sure. I remember reading a statistic where the kids that have Gab phones spend 80% less time on screens. And I, I know I've heard you talk before about living beyond the screen. Is that essentially what you mean? Or can you talk more about that incredible statistic, how this works for kids and families? Great question. There's a lot of studies out there. One of them was done by one of our friends in the business and common sense media. They report that on average, eight to 12 year olds use about five and a half hours of screen media per day, while 13 to 18 year olds use about eight and a half hours of screen time. That is I mean, such a scary I mean, statistic. That's incredible. Are you kidding me that these kids, a lot of times when we talk about safe tech, we're it's easy to think about, oh, inappropriate content. That's a big problem for sure. But this constant scrolling or this constant addiction to screen time and games are a part of that as well. And our phones just, just cause considerable problems in our kids and teens. If you just do the, those tallies, right? So eight to 12, five and a half hours, 13 to 18, uh, sometimes as much as eight and a half hours. That means if you're eight to 12 years old, you're spending three months a year on your screen. If you're in your teens, that's four and a half months out of a given year, you are on your screen. And by age 18, you're, you're spending almost just under four years, 3.75 years on a screen for entertainment. To put that in perspective, elite athletes spend about 1.2 years practicing their craft before age 20. So it's the opportunity cost that's lost on our children. And candidly, sometimes we as adults, we're addicted to these things. And the opportunity cost of this screen time and this addiction, the things that we could become, the hobbies and the skills and the, and the professional achievements that we could achieve if we weren't spending so much time on these devices would be it's just mind boggling. Well, another way to think about it too, if it's six to eight hours per day, that's a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, if you were to replace, you know, that amount of time, you know, if you were to condense it significantly to your yeah. point, it'd be amazing what we could accomplish um, yeah. for, for sure. Amen. Yep. That's one of the reasons yeah. Gap was born, right? Gap was born because we recognize this problem and we want to help kids become better and to get rid of all these distractions in their lives and have real connections instead of these fake ones.
Lance, you talk about trust. Can you give a couple of examples of what that looks like or means and how you amplify that through your marketing efforts? Ultimately, like probably many of the of other consumer brands, we're based on trust. And maybe even more so in our case, because anytime you're buying tech for your kids or bringing anything into the home, sharing with your family, there's an extra level of trust. And across our marketing mix, we do all the channels that you can probably, that, that other B2C, B2C companies use. But we find that, for example, our influencer channel, which we invest heavily in, is a channel that helps educate and influence purchase decisions across the funnel because influencers are trusted, right? Or maybe our refer a friend program, which there nothing helps sell Gab and the solution we have more than a neighbor telling a neighbor or you know a, a sister-in-law telling us a, a sister-in-law or so that that kind of neighbor to neighbor. We have a pretty robust refer a friend program and UGC unboxing any type of user generated content is huge and when that's shareable our our mom testimonials are, you know if you if you do just look out on our social channels and you can see where people tag us they just love our product that trust that is embedded in in the purchase decision that people make with us uh, I, I mentioned earlier this concept of product fit i think i mentioned this pet inside of this watch that you can enable through doing tasks. It's amazing how parents will use that to communicate with other parents and say, yeah, I have no problems getting my kids to do chores, right? Because I've got the Gab watch. Uh, we are heavily ourselves influenced by, as a brand, by those channels that have a higher level of trust associated with them than perhaps channels that are more transactional. And it, it's really worked well for our brand. In addition to that core mission you described, maybe another word that's not used often enough to describe business leaders and the companies they lead is empathy. Yet that is exactly, I think, the appropriate word to use when describing the foundation of your mission at Guide Wireless. Can you talk more about where this comes from and how you stay grounded in empathy and what that means for you and your team at Gab? I like that word. I would like to believe that we're, we have a lot of empathy, this innate ability to understand other people's feelings, right? I also say a, maybe a close cousin of that would be authentic. I think Gab, from leadership down to every employee, we have this, this empathetic, authentic view of families and children and the challenges they're facing and the opportunities that are ahead of them. You know, at our core, I think our the empathy that we have is is that we believe that every, I mean, it's a, it's a core belief, kind of our constitution. We believe that every kid deserves to be safely connected and protected. And those two are closely related. It's a deserve thing. So they deserve to be safely connected and protected. And parents need this peace of mind that comes from that connection. If when your kids are off doing different activities and they're at the friends, you want to know where they are and you, you want to have them have the ability to, to talk with you. But then at the same time, you don't want them to have all the access to all the inappropriate stuff that can is so closely tied with our smartphones. So we're empathetic, you know, to the challenges that parents face. More and more parents are realizing that their kids and families are in digital danger. I mean, kids at an earlier and earlier age, are, they have unlimited access to the internet and can be exposed to all kinds of harmful content. And as we talked about, the screen addiction our parents are concerned. And as parents ourselves here at Gab, many of us are ourselves parents. And so I think that innately causes our solutions to be infused with empathy for the challenges that these parents face and that kids face.
Our mission is to save kids, and that's not just hyperbole. It really drives what we're doing here and our mission to, to protect these kids. So yeah, empathy is a strong core driver of our brand. Well, congratulations for what you're doing because the depth of your mission is incredible. And for anyone listening, follow Gab Weilish through social channels, LinkedIn, follow Lance Black on LinkedIn or connect with him through his social channels. And you'll know exactly this will ring true. This will come to life. What Lance is talking about and what I mentioned, because it, it truly is the, the core and built into the DNA of what you've done. So again, congratulations. Thank you, Mark. You talk about safe technology for our children and has likely never been a more important time than now to have that discussion, especially when it comes to kids' first phones. From afar, it seems like kids are getting their phones at a younger and younger age. How true is that? And what ages are you seeing kids getting their first phones? Yeah, younger and younger. <laughs> so, uh, so it's true. The average age, Mark, at which, and there's a lot of data around this, the average age at which children receive their first phone is about 11 and a half years old. And that that, that phone acquisition is climbing steeply uh, between about just under 11 years old, like 10 and a half years old to 12 and a half years of age, a period in which about half of the children acquire their first phone. 71% uh, of kids have a smartphone by age 12. Wow. So it escalates quickly. About around 90%, it's 86 to 91 for 14 to 16 year olds. So by the time you're 16, nine out of 10 kids have a smartphone. So, and then that age to your point is keeps getting younger and younger to where these families are having discussion in fourth and fifth grade of, oh, is it time to get Johnny a phone? Because parents mean well, they, they want to stay connected. They want their children to have conversations with grandma and mom and dad and brothers and sisters and important friends, but they just, sometimes we go in as, as parents naively into trusting these big tech companies. So, and, and you also have a watch product out as well. Is that for a younger age? I know myself, I have an eight-year-old and that was admittedly an earlier entry point because we would have likely held out to 11 or 12, that part of that average age. Is the watch an important product for Gab or is it an entry point into the Gab phones? Can you talk more about the different products and what you see if there's an age difference there? Great question. We started in, in August of 19 and sold our first phone, which was an internetless, right? No internet, no social media, no app store, no addictive games. It just unlimited calling and texting. And that was around this mission of protecting kids. Most parents want to have a connection with their children earlier than you'd maybe be comfortable in giving them a device. So if you're comfortable as a parent to maybe start giving your kid a gab phone at 11, 12, 13, well, what do you do if you're six, seven, or eight, but, and you've got dance practice or, or you're walking home from school or, you know, you need to catch a ride. So we created a gab watch, which a couple of years ago, and it's an, you know, our, our families love it. So it's same thing, safe unlimited calling and texting. You can control the contacts. So you can go as a parent, you can go in and say, I want, they can talk to these six individuals and they can call and text with those six individuals. And then there's some fun interactive stuff on it that allows these kids can earn coins. So they have digital pets, like maybe a unicorn or a bear or a dog. And if you make your bed three times a week, then the parent can reward the child with coins that maybe has the dog do a backflip. So so I love that part, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. With my son, yeah. it works really well. For any parents yeah. who are unsure, 
maybe that alone, and it probably feels like the tail wagging the dog. You may not think of it as an important feature, but as a parent, those coins are really powerful to reinforce what we're trying yeah. to get our kids to do. And then he just, I think he recently just purchased an octopus on his, you know, on his, on his wallet. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And purchase for those that are listening means that yes. he did enough chores around the house that he earned the ability to unlock the octopus. So Mark, the reason, the reason that's critical is you can't protect a kid who's not wearing the device. Right. So one of the reasons people use our devices is for GPS tracking and we've got safe zones. Tell me when, you know, my daughter leaves the school ground or tell me when they leave dance practice or, or whatever. So GPS is a huge part of our safe mantra and just GPS functionality that are involved in these watches are part of part of that safety mechanism, if you will. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because from a safety perspective, you talk about protecting our children and peace of mind for parents you've really done it all the way around. You're keeping them safe, reducing screen time because they're not going on the internet. It's not connected to social media, as you mentioned. So th there's less concern or really no concern when using your product, Gab Wireless products from cyber bullying or explicit content or other more real threats. And especially with the tracking, as you just mentioned, your product really serves what a need for parents and kids that it seemed like prior what didn't exist. So c congratulations for what you've done. And again, the core DNA to, to your mission. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's We're very mission driven. We all want to wake up in the morning and go and do something that's changing the world. And we really feel like this mission of connecting and protecting kids. But yeah, you nailed it. I mean, whether it's screen time or social media or explicit content or cyberbullying or Parents are faced with this dilemma of, I want to stay connected, but I want them to be protected. The safely connected concept that Gab has proven out is critical. I don't care whether you're five years old or 17, you know, parents <laughs> parents want, uh, want to stay connected, but they want them to be engaged in life and not be engaged in this tech sphere. Our watches and phones and, you know, we have, we have some other... We're not just a, a watch and phone company too. We're a software company. So Gab Music, it fits this. We've partnered with the three major music labels and, and we have some filtration that's pretty advanced that allows us to kick out songs that would have any kind of sexual innuendo or drug reference or abuse or violence, but all the hits. So if Drake had a song that passed our filtration, <laughs> that it would be on our platform. And so it's not Kid Bop. But that's another, it just shows that we care about safe tech and uh, you mentioned cyberbullying and sex crimes. The FBI estimates that there's at any given time, there's 500,000 predators online right now trying to get to our kids. 500,000. And these are guys, they're posing as 12-year-old girls and they're trying to befriend our kids. The reality is if you're on a Gab device, it's super, super difficult nigh impossible for them to get access. There's no social, there's no internet. We're dogged about our mission and we're completely enthused by our product and the reception that it receives with our parents. Well, it's such an interesting point too, because the threats <laughs> are so real. And sometimes uh, human nature is you don't want to think about those things. And maybe more than anything else, that's the value of the peace of mind that you offer because you can turn off that switch for parents. You don't have to think about those threats. You need to be aware of them and protect your kids. But once you get a gab device, at least through that device itself, you then don't have to think about those type of threats that are out there, it really does offer that peace of mind for sure. Yeah. It's kind of a set it and forget it. Right. And there's different ways to manage stuff. I mean, there's some of the big boy providers, they have parental controls. And then all of a sudden you're given your, you're giving your parents a full-time job to manage parental controls. And then 
are more savvy kids with a quick YouTube search can find a way around it, right? With Gab, it just comes safe. Our Gab OS is tightly integrated into safety. It's extremely, extremely difficult. You wouldn't be able to put TikTok on our phone if you hired a really smart engineer. It'd be really hard. Built with kids in mind, built from the ground up with safety in mind is critical to helping us continue our mission. Well, incredible products, powerful mission, but from a marketing lens, as strong as those are, it probably doesn't sell itself as much as you would like. What are some of the challenges you've uncovered or face, whether historically, present day, or in the future? What have you found to be some of the bigger growth challenges? Yeah. So there's challenges, right? I'd say probably our biggest two challenges would be just awareness. And you could call that education, right? Education and awareness. Our solutions are such easy decisions when parents know that we exist. Our challenge and opportunity is just making more people aware that we exist. This top of funnel awareness, if you will. You know, our lofty but realistic goal is to be synonymous with safe tech in every home. Uh, I mentioned our billboard campaign here in the Wasatch Front in Utah. We've done a great job here in Utah where we have about a 90% awareness among moms of 5 to 18-year-olds in the surrounding states as well here. But there's a ton of opportunity, just awareness. And I think as most of the U.S. is unaware of Gab, even though we have hundreds of thousands of customers all over the United States, there, there would not be a county or a zip code where we don't have at least a few dozen or a few hundred customers. But our marketing needs to help drive awareness of the brand and our solution and help drive consideration by explaining how we're different from, say, the national brands and also you know, how to influence the close of the sale from awareness to consideration to purchase. We don't have some of the problems perhaps that other direct-to-consumer brands face where they have to convince the parent or the individual, forget the parent, but they have to convince the parent that this is something that's important, right? Our parents already know it's a critical purchase for the health and welfare of their children. What they may not be aware of is that there's even a solution out there. So Mark, we want to own the Sunday night kitchen table conversation. Every parent has the conversation. Hey, Sarah's going into fifth grade and wants a phone. What should we do? Or, Hey, you know, Tommy started football practice at, in peewee league and we don't want him walking home. We want to be, stay connected. Every parent has this conversation. Our challenge, as you mentioned, is to be in the mind of our customers so that when they have that conversation, it's not, it's like, well, yeah, of course we're going to get Gab. And instead of perhaps what many parents are doing right now is, oh, you know what? I think we got an old iPhone in the drawer uh, that we used two years ago. Let's remove some of the apps and we trust Tommy. Let's just give it, to, you know, let's, let's just give it to him. I use the iPhone as a funny example because that's what I did. I mean, I, I've got my children, as I mentioned, are a little bit older before Gab existed and gave them the hand-me-down iPhone much too young. And it's a, a candidly, I regret it. Well, you probably uh, didn't realize at the time, and, and parents that are doing it now probably don't realize how unsafe it really is. Even with yeah. some generic parental locks, you mentioned it a minute ago, kids these days are, they've lived with technology since the beginning. So they know the workaround. They know how to, it's not as safe as you might think, which is so, a proposition. So one of the large high schools, I won't mention it by name, but it's just like five miles from the road, probably one of the largest high schools in the state. It's well known in that school that there's a guy, a kid that you go there and you, in the morning, you give him your iPhone that your parents gave you. And for $200, <laughs> he will disable 
so that it, and kind of unlock it so that it becomes a full-fledged unsafe iPhone, right? It's just parents don't know that and they mean well. So that's our opportunity. That's our challenge. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say something like, oh, I wish I'd have known about you five months ago, or I wish I would have been around. I wish you had been around when, when we were raising our children. They're just, so that those are macro problems. And then we kind of have even a little, uh, or challenges, right? And we've got some great traction in channels, some great ideas for this year and coming years of building that awareness. But then you also have micro things. It's so silly, but we're based on the Android operating system and we have a custom Gab OS. And, and so you take somebody like, this isn't pick on iPhone, but their blue bubble concept is so brilliant from a marketing standpoint because kids are getting shamed in every school around the nation of, oh, they, they don't have the blue bubble. So therefore they're they're less than. I don't forget Gab. If you know, if you have an Android and you come across on an iPhone as a green bubble, then so just you know, little small challenges like that from product innovation that we are tackling all the time. These are fun challenges because you know, if I were to summarize what I just said, when parents know that there is an option out there to keep their kids safe and stay connected with them, end of discussion. So our opportunity is to make more people aware that there is the Gab solution, and that's the fun part. I wonder if, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but maybe a long form content play is a story around underground investigation of showing the kids that are going to this guy, paying him $200 to work around on the iPhone, and then have one kid give him a gab phone and see what the reaction is and, and yeah. how he responds. And, you know, at some point you may say, nope, this is a gab phone. I can't do anything with this. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about what if there was a documentary kind yeah. of showcasing this dilemma, right? <laughs> yeah, who, know, who knows which way it'll go? Those, yeah. those are fun. Yeah. Well, let's end as we started with, with your family. Uh, what are some activities or experiences you and, and the family enjoy together? We're a boating family. I mentioned, so I've, I've got six kids. Four of them are married. And so we've got this next generation of grandkids coming and we have a lake here in Southern Utah, Northern Arizona called Lake Powell, where they backed up the Colorado River. And if if you've never heard of Lake Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, -L, Google it and, uh, and then plan your next family vacation there because it's incredible. The red rock of these big, deep canyons backed up by blue water, three, 400 feet deep because of the dam. It's a playground for for just fun, boating, music, food, swimming. The water's super warm. But here's it's interesting in, the, in, in tying that to safe tech, Mark. The, the reason I like it the most as a father is cell phones don't work. And so you know you were just out, you were just out in remote part of the southern Utah desert, and we were having these. My kids are adults now, so we're having these meaningful conversations. That our children aren't glued to their phone. It's a happy, productive time. So yeah, probably a longer answer than you wanted, but just connection with family, doing stuff where we can separate, disconnect from all the noise. And there's something about getting somebody on a boat where they're stuck within three or four feet from you <laughs> that you can, you just have a lot of fun. Lance, thank you so much for joining me. This was a fun conversation. Mark, thank you. Pre appreciate you thinking of reaching out to me and I'm glad to do a follow-up conversation anytime you'd like. And thank you for listening in to this episode of Family First, The Wild World of Marketing to Parents.